Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Andy Moore on the Motor Group Hotline. As he's shocked, we'll bring him in. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is with us. When's the last time you had a Big Mac? Mm, man. 1998 maybe like middle school yeah it's been about it's never, been about 30 never, years never for me a, never really was a big big mac guy uh i always like growing up i always got like i always went for if i was hungry i went for quantity over quality at yep. mcdonald's i got like the the, the double cheeseburger the yeah. two cheeseburger meal right that seemed yeah. a better play because back then the double cheeseburger was 99 cents on their menu yeah so you go with that <laughs> I, I will say this there's there's a timeline that somebody can look up i have not had a big mac since their sandwiches were in styrofoam containers that's the last time i had a big mac it was in a styrofoam container are they not anymore nah they're in they've been in cardboard or paper or whatever the hell that is for years now i think but that, somebody could find wow. the timetable on it. So it would at least be back to that transition because of evil styrofoam to our planet. So that's the last that's time the right last, there. I, I remember the styrofoam. Yeah, because you used to put your fries. It was it was a great fry container. That's when they yeah. wanted you to sit there and eat. But now, now what they want to do, they said, all right, we want you to come in here, buy our food, and get the hell out. We don't want you sitting here. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I had the cardboard, but I, I remember like the the foldable, like it folded over, mm. and then you, yeah, you did. You put your you, yeah. you, you put your fries on the other half of it, and then it's like a tray. Yeah, yes, yeah. That that housed your ketchup and the whole setup there. I do. I have to tell you, we were coming back from spring break uh, about two weeks ago, and we went to Florida, so we're driving back. And we got lucky. The kids were in the back of the car. They're getting restless, naturally. And we stopped at McDonald's just north of Nashville. And we got lucky. They had one of those, like, indoor playscapes. Like, we didn't plan it that way, but we got lucky. So the kids got out of the car. They kind of stretched their legs. They played in the indoor playground there in McDonald's in Nashville. And we sat there for, like, maybe a half an hour just to let them play. And just, it was in the middle of the day on a Friday, maybe, like, at 2 o'clock, so, like, a late lunch. Like, I just wanted to count the number of customers, even then, even like in a non-peak yeah. time, the number of customers that were in and out, to your point, of McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, just the number of customers on a daily basis the average McDonald's gets. Yes. It's just a gold mine. They just print money. It is. I, there's no, there's nothing like a Chick-fil-A. Is there ever a time? Oh and And <laughs> with those many vehicles and that much chaos going on, it is amazing. What do they find these teenagers that can execute this plan like they do? Right. And all of them. It's incredible. And they seem to be they seem to be a cut above in terms of uh politeness and you know just being I don't know what the right word is, you know, cognitive and uh you know respectful and but the thing is like we make fun of like it's down the street all oh, they're putting in a, another McDonald's. What yeah. do we need another McDonald's for? Well, guess what? People go and people will, you know, funnel in and out of that thing like a factory. So we make fun of it, but yet 
we still do it, and yep. and they're putting it there for a reason. It's amazing. I mean, even now, because clearly they don't want you coming. They just say, okay, we're going to make this as impersonal of a process as possible. <laughs> you go, <laughs> there's no human contact whatsoever. So get your bag of food and get the hell out of Dodge. That's what we want right. you to and, do. And now you don't even need to do that because you can order ahead on the app. And that yeah. way you don't have to talk to anybody. You just go in there and pick up your bag and leave. That's, that's that. By the way, it. 1990 is when McDonald's transitioned from styrofoam containers. So it has been my Big Mac consumption has been at least all the way back to 1990. So, yeah, I think I probably had the cardboard then, but I do remember the you fold it over and then you house the the ketchup and the fries on the other half of it. That was genius. Yeah, well, I mean, they've had great like the McDLT. Remember? Hot on the hot side, cold on the cold side. That was brilliant. No, no. See, I didn't do any weird sandwiches. <laughs> I, I I go to McDonald's for one thing and one thing only. I'm playing the hits. I'm not getting right. the McRib, right? I'm not getting the McFlurry. I'm not getting anything with MC in front of it unless it's a burger. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, you don't want to get the... Uh, I'm not getting the McFish. The fish, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, see yeah. ya. Yeah, I get it. I, listen, I don't know why. If you're in what south of Nashville or north of Nashville, did you say on your way home from spring break? Yeah, we were just a little bit north of Nashville. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be a, a regional spot that you can't get around here. That's what vacations for. You can get a McDonald's around here. That's got to be like a Whataburger or a Crystal, or and I know that's the same as Rallies. Or no, I'm sorry, the same as White Castle. That's you know that's going to be a Bojangles, something like that. Yeah, Whataburger to me, my experience from Whataburger and. I've only had it maybe like one time, and that yeah. was five, six years ago. But that, that to me was a little bit be- like a step up above Burger King. Have you had that same experience? I, I liked it down there, but it, it doesn't take too much for me, buddy. I just thought, hey, I'm a Whataburger. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So it doesn't take too much. I was, I was digging it. Did you hear Lance McAllister on the show the other day? No, I heard you talking about having a mom, but I didn't hear it. Going off on the Reds and their bullpen. Can you imagine? Like, I will say this about them. I, I, I have fun watch. They're a fun group to watch until they show the bullpen. And then it just makes you want to vomit. That's when it really goes back to being the Red Legs baseball that we so much hate right is when they go to the bullpen but there are other aspects of this team that i think are really enjoyable and i'm the most pessimistic of those that are pessimistic about it and that's been reds baseball for the last four years seemingly it's been fun and enjoyable at the at the beginning of the season for the first seven innings until they go to the bullpen i mean how many how many more games already should they have won i mean they're four and seven four they should have at least have four more wins to this point. The bullpen has blown, what, six games, I think, or that's have directly contributed to six losses, I think. Been right there for it. You know, they they blew the two games against Philly. Uh, They blew three straight games, losing by one run to the Braves, getting swept in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, listen, this team's not going to – contend for anything significant don't get me wrong like i'm not trying to go there but i mean how much longer do they just continue to seemingly not address it and if you don't address it adequately it just means you're either you you don't know what you're doing or you don't care and that's what's frustrating as a reds fan is like it's just yeah the the rebuild is you're you're, you're, you continue to hit the reset button and i i understand like the dynamics of baseball 
I'm not naive to that, but like, give me something to get somewhat excited about before they're mathematically done by the time we get to Mother's Day. Yeah. And that's yeah. just. It's been a long time. It really, I mean, depressing. It is depressing. I just, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got a little bit to double back. We were on spring break, and I looked at my wife. I said, "Tomorrow's opening day. Like, no fanfare, no hype. It's just like, oh, here it is." And yeah, two weeks in, you know, we're already having these, uh, you know, team team wide uh, epidemics in the bullpen. Yeah, that's exactly what Lance McAllister was talking about, and he was irate over the bullpen and the fact that the last three years it's been the same old thing. And he brought up the fact that if there is – the easiest place to really do some work and get better is that of the bullpen. And the refusal – of either you know ownership to allow it or Nick Crawl to to do it, execute right. it, recognize it, whatever. I mean, it it's depressing, especially when you look at their their positional players. Especially, I like mm-hmm. like I didn't start out knowing like two of them, but now I watch them <laughs> and I go, man, these guys they can be fun to watch, and they go at it so hard, and they're right there. You know, you tie or you take a lead, and then the bullpen comes right. in and screws everything over. Right. I mean, they're going to score on average about four runs a game, hopefully more than that, you know, on a, on a night-to-night basis. But, yeah, I mean, they, they've had plenty of output offense where they should have a better record than they already do to this point. And that's what's frustrating is, uh, again, there was a complete overreaction to the pandemic, in my opinion. Now, it's easy for me to say that. It's not my money, right? It's not my franchise. I'm not looking at the budget sheet, and I'm not looking at all these negative numbers. But guess what? Every other small market team in baseball was in the same situation, and the Reds seem to have overreacted more so than, than most teams. Yeah. Um, they, they could have competed a couple years ago post-pandemic with the team that they had, with the payroll that they were, they were paying those players, and they chose to just blow it up and start the rebuild. And, and But that's what we've been doing. We've been rebuilding since 2014, and we're uh, nine years into it. So not really fun, man. It's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and we'll get to that in the draft coming up in two weeks from tonight, in fact, in just a second. But Kyle Farmer, the past couple of years, has been one of my favorite Reds to watch. I mean, he goes out there and he plays hard every single time he's out there. Did you see him get hit in the face by that pitch yesterday? Yeah. That yeah. was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, and Jonathan India is a guy that, I mean, what, what more do you want? He plays his guts out every single timeout. He's a great uh, defender. He's a great leadoff guy. He says all the right things. I mean, there's a bunch of guys on this team right now. I, I have to commend them for building offensively the right way, and the farm system seems to be uh, doing well, and they have plenty of reserves there. But, like, how many how, how many times have we heard that? Like, when, when is that going to come to fruition? That's, that's what's so frustrating as a Reds fan is, like, you just keep hearing about – the the future and the pipeline and in 2023 we're going to be pretty good in 2000 no now it's 2025 or just wait till 2027 i mean i'm with you i'm pretty soon i'm going to be disenfranchised and not interested and not care and hell i'm going to be dead so yeah i mean i gotta (laughs) we gotta hustle something up here (laughs) no question (laughs) Uh, ladolo by the way gets the ball for the rest tonight as they take on the phillies at 640 at great american ballpark it's matt taylor 
with us. Um, uh, so what have you learned in your preparations for that first draft night on Thursday when there, there should be, as we're looking, I guess nobody really truly knows because that is absolutely true. But the assumption here is it's going to be one of those signature moments here in Colts history as far as what they're probably going to do at quarterback for the long term here. What are your thoughts and that work that you've done in preparation for that two weeks from tonight? Yeah, it's going to be exciting, and it's certainly interesting, and you have no idea how this is going to go. I mean, if you like drama, if you like reality TV, just watch the draft uh, two weeks from tonight because, I mean, I think the Arizona Cardinals there at three are just hoping that quarterbacks, uh, you know, either either the, the top quarterback and Bryce Young goes off the board, and then, heck, maybe the Texans decide to not take a pick, which gives them even more leverage there at three. But they're certainly going to be open for business between now and, and, uh, you know, two Thursdays from now. And, um, you know, the Colts, I think, are, are they're still going through this process. I mean, Shane Steichen said yesterday they're still, uh, you know, overturning all the stones and watching all the tape again. Now they're having top 30 visits with these quarterbacks after the combine and after their pro days and after their private workout. So it's just, a, you know, another step and part of this process. And right now they're just trying to get to know these guys on a personal level and, Try to figure out what makes them tick. Do they have that obsessive nature about football that they want? The guy that hates to lose the most. That's going to be the biggest leader inside the locker room. Sort of those intangible things that you can't measure, but you just know it when you see it. That's what the Colts are looking for. And I think, personally, I think that's what's going to separate, um, you know, guy three or guy, you know, guy two from three or guy three from four, if you will and would make the Colts convicted to go from four to three in a trade with Arizona. That's what I think would have to separate uh, these quarterbacks. There has to be a pretty good gap between guys three or four, let's say, if it's Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, that intangible part of the process, that gap would have to be pretty wide, in my opinion, for the Colts to be uh, in a position to trade up and, and give up assets to go from four to three. To me, that would tell me they're pretty convicted, they're pretty convinced that they have the right guy that fits them, fits their culture, um, and is the perfect guy intangible-wise to come in and learn and develop and and ultimately become that, that face of the franchise and that long-term quarterback answer they've been looking for. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I, I just, to me, I know that there are a lot of different things, and I will give it up to them. There's been nothing. I mean, nothing, and really not even any of these rumors that sometimes you see when you're drafting this high, like the Colts are presently at number four, in terms of misdirections or smoke screens. I'm not suggesting they throw it out there, but there's really been nothing talked about regarding them sitting at four right now. And that that normally, if you're drafting that high, that's highly unusual, at least from what we've seen mm-hmm. in drafts of the past. Yeah, I mean, I think they're – pretty open-minded right now but they're also you know they know how important this is you know Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds his right-hand man and then the personnel staff uh, they all understand the the magnitude of this situation and how important this decision could possibly be I mean we've been saying it all along this entire offseason has been about foundation and hitting the reset button and you know kind of a launching pad for the next five to seven to ten years um, depending on how this goes. And they got half of the equation right, I think, in, in the head coach and Shane Steichen here. 
I think he's the perfect guy in terms of scheme, um, in terms of uh, holding guys accountable, and just being that young uh, breath of fresh air that I think this franchise needed, considering where they've been and, and how they got there. Uh, but then the other half of this equation is getting the quarterback situation right, and it was, they could do a million things. I mean, they could sit there at four, they could trade up to three, they could take a quarterback at four, they can move back and take a quarterback somewhere else in the draft. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were down there at uh, at O'Reilly's on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, there's all of these different things still in play. Teams might be trying to leapfrog the Colts, uh, moving up to three and then get in front of Indianapolis there to, to pick a quarterback. That'll throw some chaos into the front of the draft. I mean, so I, I still think they, they're, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, because they've had all this time to try to figure this out, but I think they're still using these final two weeks to set their board, uh, to make their final, you know, lasting impressions of these guys and, you know, move guys up and down, move some names up and down the draft board and, and, and just using all of the time that they have at their disposal to make sure they get this right. So I think in that sense, they, there's still some uh, things to, to hash out and some clarity to find and um, just trying to make sure they get this right and do their due diligence all the way up until next Thursday night when the lights come on and they have to you know turn that, uh, that final answer in to, uh, to Roger Goodell. It's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. We're going to get to what you guys are going to be doing and how you're going to handle draft night and the draft in general coming up in just a minute. But I had Gardner Minshew on the show yesterday. I'm assuming you've had him on and you've interviewed him you know for a podcast or for the website over there uh if so what'd mm-hmm. you think because I, I enjoyed it and he was a dude that i thought that i could talk to for at least an hour and he'd be cool if i kept him for at least an hour especially if it was like non-football related stuff yeah no it's funny you say that we we we're actually we we just started it today and we're gonna bank him uh and then save him and and uh put him out later this off season when things kind of slow down a little bit, but we're, we're starting a podcast series. Exactly that it's, uh, it's called the person behind the pads and it's literally anything but football, everything but football. We're not allowed to talk about football stuff and he's on our list. He's on our list of guys to bring back and, right. just, you know, shoot, shoot the breeze with and, and find out what makes him tick. And uh, would love to find, you know, spend an hour with him and just talk about, you know, how he became Gardner Minshew, right? Everybody understands what I mean by that. Like, how did he become this laid-back, cool persona guy? Because that's exactly, you know, who he is and who he was when we talked to him, you know, about a month ago when he signed with the Colts in free agency. I mean, he came in that day, and he signed a, a professional NFL contract, and he came in wearing a hoodie and, like, biker shorts and, like, a, a sailor's cap. I mean, he's just a cool guy. Like, he's just down to earth and – uh, was laid back and was very respectful, but just like like you said, a guy you want to hang out with, maybe drink a beer with, play some cornhole, and just hang out and get to know him a little bit better, um, you know, outside of, of the white line, so to speak. So looking forward to those. And, yeah, Gardner Minshew's on our list of, of guys to, to come back so Colts fans can get a, a better idea of, you know, who they are, how they got to be in the NFL, and just sort of what makes them tick personality-wise. Yeah, he's a guitarist. I think it's more of a bluesy type of guitarist, but he is certainly 
a guitarist. I think he brought up John Mayer. He he loves Dead and Company, so he loved the Grateful Dead. And then I brought up our right. friend Brett Halverson, who's a huge, maybe the biggest around here, Grateful Dead fan, and his place at Mystic Waters up at I sixty nine. And I I told him I said, hey man, we got to at some point when you got time off and it gets warmer consistently in the summertime, we got to get you up there. We got to have some sort of party at Mystic Waters up there <laughs> off of I sixty nine. And he was down with that. He's just a yeah. he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude beyond football. I think that's part of it right now because I, I can tell from my audience that we have absolutely dissected this Colts pick at number four and the possibilities so much that there's a bit of wear and tear there. So that type of conversation yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. means more to the audience to just kind of get away for a moment regarding Colts football than anything else. And he was perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story to tell. And it's it's all about finding, you know, what that story is and what their angle is. I mean, you don't get to the NFL on accident, right? So find out, you know, their their life story and the adversity they've been through and their trials and tribulations. And, uh, again, just that adversity that they've inevitably had to overcome to, to sacrifice time and, and sweat and energy to, to get to the, the highest point in their profession. So stories like that, man, are awesome. Plus, you know, when you kind of just strip them again of their pads and take the helmet off and all that, like they're just people. And that's what I appreciate most about the job that I have, you know, working, you know, uh, with the team and being around the team. Like I'm I'm probably not going to like, I'm going to keep it a a business relationship with these guys. You know, I'm probably not going to like, text them in the middle of the night and, and uh, try to, you know, get together for beers on a Saturday night after a game or anything. But you get to know these guys, right? right? You get to be inside the locker room and you get to know them and you get to find out about their families and you get to talk about their kids. I mean, these are they're just people. They're human beings that obviously are in the world and they make millions of dollars, rightfully so. But if you just take all of that away – they're no different than me. They're no different than you and, and your audience. And they just want to hang out and, 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 and be treated like normal people because that's what they are. But they just have to happen to be you know, freak athletes that are incredibly good at the game of football. All right. So how are you guys handling that initial draft night to Thursday night when things are really, and I mean really early, going to go down from Kansas City? How are you guys handling the coverage? Yeah, it's going to be nuts. So we're going to be live. We're going to start Thursday night of the draft. First round, we're going to start at 7. First round is going to start at 8 in terms of the picks. So we're going to be live. We're going to be doing pick-by-pick coverage and analysis. We're bringing that back this year. And so we're going from – Who's we, by the way? Who's with you? Who's with you? Yeah, so it'll be Rick Venturi and I on – excuse me, Rick Venturi, Joe Wrights, and I on Thursday. And we're going to be coming to you from the the Colts – season ticket member draft party. So that's going to be inside the indoor facility, the practice facility uh, at the Colts complex. They're going to, um, you know, have to have all the season ticket members there watching the draft, hanging out, a lot of interactive stuff, hanging out in the indoor facility. So we're going to be rocking out that night there, uh, horn to horn coverage uh, all night long, start at seven, go until the first round's over. Obviously, be going to be reflecting big time throughout the course of the night on what the Colts do at four, or you know, depending on what they do, trading up, trading back. So we'll have all of that for you all night long. And then Friday night, we'll do the same thing. Coverage on Friday night starts at seven. That'll just be Rick and I from the studio inside the Colts complex 
Uh, but same thing, talking big time about what they do at, at picks 35, talk about what they do in round number three. And then between it all, we'll talk about what's going on elsewhere in the draft, uh, pick-by-pick coverage. we got a bunch of draft profiles ready. We're going to tap into Rick's brain all night long. He's got the skinny on all of these guys. And so I'll be your setup man. I'll be running point guard like Mark Jackson back in the day. So really looking forward to it. And then we got our draft party elsewhere off-site for all the fans. And those are going to be at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings locations scattered around town. There's a draft party going on at the B-Dubs in Indianapolis on East 62nd Street. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a party in Greenwood at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Emerson Avenue. Uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in Plainfield and the B-Dubs up in Westfield. All of those uh, locations, those Buffalo Wild Wings locations are going to have draft party events. Uh, Gary Brackett's going to be at the party in Indy. Marlon Jackson's going to be down in Greenwood. Uh, don't know yet about the the player in Plainfield. There's going to be a player there. Uh, just don't know who that's going to be just yet. But then Jack Doyle is going to be up in Westfield. So those parties are going to start at 7 o'clock at those respective Buffalo Wild Wings locations. Thursday night of the draft, that's April 27th. So get out there, enjoy the draft, uh, get some autographs, hang out, and see what the Colts decide to do, man, with this huge decision they have to make. Mm. Well, that's going to be some fun. I can't wait to hear Rick. I haven't heard from him in a while. I'm assuming he's been doing work. I haven't bugged he's him. Been, yeah, he's been in the uh, he's been in the chamber. He's been down in the <laughs> down in the <laughs> the film room, uh, coming up for air once in a while. But yeah, he's back in town. He's back from his Florida hiatus. So always good to have Rick back in the fold. We'll have him back on the website next week, previewing the draft. And then Thursday, Friday, man, he's the star of the show. He's so such I'm a great resource. And and I think oh, I yeah. told you this. Maybe I told the audience this, too. But before Chris Ballard was on with me and at the Combine, and you were right across from us where we were, I, I thought because Chris had talked to the local media, and you know this, literally 10 minutes before he came on with me. And I thought, man, the one thing I don't want to do with this is just ask the same questions that they did. Nothing against them. I just wanted to go a different direction for the audience paying attention here. So I called him and I said, tell me what you would want to hear. Tell me what you would want to ask. And mm-hmm. he is such a valuable resource when it comes to that. He was great. Yep. And I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And we put our heads together, you know, it, whether it's uh, right after the game in the radio booth, uh, you know, we have to do that Monday night show together. And so we'll put our heads together either at a home game or, you know, what, what I typically love is like the, the plane ride home. You know, we have that entire flight home to sit and sketch up what we're going to do the following night and talk about the different angles and who's playing well and what what needs to be cleaned up and how we need to approach it and the takes that we need to have. So that that's what I really enjoy about Rick. On top of the games, um, it's just the, that, that dialogue that I get learning about football from him. And that, I think that's why we get along so well, Rick and I, and, and certainly you and Rick as well. I think I think we kind of all see the game the same way, and we prioritize things um, similarly, if you will. And that, that's why I think we have good you know, rapport and good synergy within the booth is we kind of see the game the same way. I know his strengths. I know what he's thinking before he even <laughs> before he even comes out of his mouth. So I'm able to kind of set him up that way. And so we just we just have a lot of fun, man. We really do. It's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. And again, draft coverage is going to begin at 7 o'clock. That is two weeks from this evening. Two weeks from this evening with their draft coverage. And, of course, whatever I'm doing, I'll lead you right into that. And we will have a blast. 
And that is going to be not only on a Thursday for the first round, number four as we sit here right now, but for the remainder of the weekend with the Colts draft 2023 right here. Matt and Rick and Joe writes, it should be a fantastic time. Matt, as always, I appreciate that. And uh, we'll check in again before you guys get set and ready two weeks from tonight. And uh, be good to go to see what happens, man. It should be great nonetheless. But we'll check in again soon. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it. I'm ready for it to be here because I'm – yes. I'm drafted out, and uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Enjoy your next Big Mac, by the way. It should be good. (laughs) (laughs) I might do that now that I put myself on the spot with it. (laughs) Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. Be well. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.